The Vital Way, where ancient wisdom meets the cutting edge to optimize your vitality and performance. There are no right ways, just better ways. Hello and welcome. Logan Christopher here, once again flying solo as we dive into more of your questions and my answers, I guess. Uh, So this time, once again, I grouped them up in our previous podcast. We talked a lot about the hormones as well as the hormonal herbs. Uh, We also had quite a few questions that had to do with taking the herbs, as in how to take them, can you take too many together. Uh, So I wanted to go into some more detail about that. I'll be answering this question and probably flying off on a couple of tangents as well. The first question, is chugging down the herbs with a glass of water better than mixing them in a glass of water, or does it not matter one way or another? I'd say, for the most part, that's really not going to change it one way or another. So a way of describing, one way to take herbs is just throw them in water with a spoon, mix it in there, then drink that. Uh, You're definitely, it's a pretty easy way to take herbs. Uh, If they're some of the worst tasting herbs, then... You know, it can be a little tougher to take herbs this way just because you have to now drink down this water that tastes bad versus uh, if you sip a little water and then just throw the herbs in your mouth and then sip some more water and just drink it down kind of like swallowing a pill, that can be an easy way to get through herbs. Uh, this is a great method for the Tomcat Ali, for example, which is extremely bitter uh, and you only need a small amount, so it's really no problem. And this would be an herb that I recommend this way over mixing it in water because it's just going to be very bitter water going down. The cool thing about this, as we talked before in our previous podcast, is that you still get some of the taste of the herb, which can help direct its activity by doing both of these versus, uh, for instance, taking them in a pill. So that that depends a little. uh, Another recommendation with this is how much of an herb are you taking? Like I said, small amount with a Tomcat, really easy to take it with just um, sort of like a pill, taking it down in the water like that. If you're doing a tablespoon, uh, you know, it can get a little bit messy. You know, one, you may mess your mouth and have powder on your face. Uh, Secondly, uh, it can be hard to have that much powder as well as water in your mouth and make it in your teeth and then can get stuck there. And then you'll be tasting the herb for quite a while after that. So generally, I'll, I'll do that first method, not mixing it in the water with probably about a maximum of a teaspoon of an herb. Of course, you can just repeat it multiple times if you have more to take than that. But if you're like doing the, you know, the mega dosing pine along with that, for me, I find that's a little bit easier to mix in water. But play around with it. See what works well for you. Really, it's not going to change it so much doing it either of these ways. Uh, let's talk a little bit about why you want to take herbs with water in the first place. Well, first of all, most people are chronically dehydrated. They're just simply not drinking enough water, so there's a good reason to take your herbs with water. You'll get the benefits of the herbs and the benefits of the water as well. Uh, But since we're dealing with powders, right, they're really dry substance, and a lot of people may be dry overall, constitutionally, energetically have this dryness to them. So if they're taking a whole bunch of dried powders and, you know, not hydrating themselves like we just talked about, then this may not be delivering all the benefits. So if you have some of the moisture along with the herbs, uh, that may just help your body to absorb it better and to use it better. Like I said, a lot of people are dehydrated, uh, but once again, this goes to the constitutions like Vata, if you're going to Ayurveda, the doshas, they're people that 
tend to be cold and dry. So having water along with these can definitely help them uh, versus someone like a kappa. They may be overly wet, and so doing something drier could possibly, in their case, be a little bit better for them. I'd say, in general, taking herbs with water is definitely a good way to go uh, if you want just a simple, fast rule, and either of these two methods here will work for that. Uh, next question. Also, is it okay to take five or six herbs together with food? Are there any that should not be combined? I'm really receiving lots of benefits from the herbs. Thank you, Lisa. Also, we had another question that's right along the same line, so I'll read that one. Is it possible to take too many herbs at one time? I take an elixir with 0.4 grams of shilliger pitch, uh, melted into water with one teaspoon of rhodiola, one teaspoon of lime's mane, and half a teaspoon of macuna. So basically, yeah, can you take too many herbs? Can these not all be combined together? The general rule when you're dealing with herbs is it's going to be safe to combine things. Uh, these are drugs, so it's not going to have some very bad reaction in your body that is possibly going to be detrimental. That's the, the rule in the majority of cases. Are there exceptions to every rule? Absolutely. Is there anything that we sell that I'd say definitely you don't want to combine these two things? Uh, there's nothing that I can think of, nothing that we have, where you absolutely should not be combining different things together. So that's, that's the first thing. So you can definitely combine them. Are you going to get all the benefits when you combine things together? This is a bit more of a complicated question. Uh, if you look at how people formulate different things, there's all sorts of different systems and ways of doing that. Um, it, first, l let me make a, another recommendation. Shilajit, along with other things, this is, according to Ayurveda, this is one thing that can not only be taken safely and greatly with everything, but it's also going to potentiate the effects. It's going to help your body to absorb, to deliver those nutrients better into the cells. So taking shilajit with any of our other herbs, absolutely a great idea to do. Um, so going back to the formulization, uh, once again, it depends on sort of the energetics of the herb. So let's say you have a really hot herb and you have a person that is also constitutionally hot. Uh, these may be a little contraindicated. You don't necessarily want to do that. You know, there is some methods where, you know, like treats like, so giving them a hot herb, someone that is having a fever, for instance, there are certain herbs that can help to break that fever, sometimes by pushing it in that same direction. So there are exceptions to these things. But... Um, once again, in general, you don't want to give hot to a hot person or cold to a cold person, uh, drying things to a dry person like we talked about before. So you can combine herbs in certain ways that can help to balance out these effects. And in many cases, if you really know what you're doing, you can have it constitutionally support that person better. So maybe some of the effects of that really hot herb for that hot person are good, but you could combine it with some cooling herbs for instance, that then allow their body to work with it better, that can um, make it so that any side effects that may happen because that is sort of constitutionally matched there could be circumvented by the combination of these other herbs. This is a subject matter that, you know, it takes studying uh, herbalism in depth for many years and lots of practice and knowledge about the herbs in order to be able to do, and we'll definitely have more information about this subject in the future. Uh, but once again, go back to that general rule, you are safe, you're not going to hurt yourself by combining these different herbs. 
uh, going a bit more into the idea of combining nerves and formulation, uh, there can be different effects, different reasons for combining different herbs. Some herbs may help to harmonize, to bring things together. So uh, if you take one herb, it has certain effects. If you take a different herb, it has certain effects. But if you take these two herbs together, it may in some ways create something new. Obviously, it's still going to have those effects, but in, in some herbs go very well together. They harmonize and can sort of create a third different action. Other herbs are sometimes used to direct the activity of some of the other herbs. So, uh, for instance, if uh, you have some issue with the kidneys, there's some good herbs for that, and you also could kick them with something like salt water, uh, which salt goes to the kidneys, so this would be a way of working uh, on the kidneys more. And certain herbs can have this directing activity as well, like cystanch, uh, cystanch in your pants, right? It actually directs blood flow to the pelvic and genital area. So if you're taking this with some other herbs and you're working to increase the functionality of that area, this may be a good herb that could work in combination with those things. So just these are a couple examples of how different herbs can go together. Once again, general rule, you're going to be fine combining these different things. Another general rule, Shilajit is great with everything. And every person is different. Every person is individual. So you have to find what works for you. You know, try these out, combining these different herbs, five or six together, whatever it happens to be, and see if that works for you. Then, if you wish, make it uh, a bit more of an experiment. You know, pull one out, put another in, all sorts of different things in order to find what works best for you. Uh, but another similar question would be, you know, can you overdo it on these herbs? Uh, of course, you can overdo anything. I mean, you can overdo water, right? There's people that have basically drowned themselves just by over-drinking water to the point where uh, their cells simply couldn't handle that. So, yes, most of these herbs, you can do it. I just did that video about Hoshu Wu. Now there's no LD50. Um, LD50 meaning the lethal, lethal dose 50. This is the amount that kills off half of a rat population. You know, fun experiment to do, right? Uh, so Hoshu Wu has no LD50. Some of our other herbs, I believe, is the same way, though it may not have necessarily been tested. Other ones, you know, they may have an LD50. So... But here's the thing, that those such massive uh, doses that they're giving to these rats. So it's, once again, it's not like drugs where the difference between micrograms and milligrams can be deadly. And unfortunately, that does happen <laughs> across the world. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's probably some upper limit. And here's another thing to think with uh, herbs. And different herbs, uh, this can be different cases. Some herbs definitely like the more, the better. Uh, a lot of people with the pine pong were taking a small dose, but... Uh, in China, you know, they're using huge doses, and that's why we came out with the mega dose, and we noticed people tend to get better effects when they take that. There's probably still a point where there's too much. You know, if you took an entire mega dose container at one time, uh, it'd probably have some good effects, but most of it probably wouldn't even be absorbed into the body. Uh, any herb, there's really what's known as a bell-shaped curve uh, for its dosage that's going to work best. Too little herb, and you're not going to get the effects you take the right amount of herb, you're actually going to get the best effect. And oftentimes you take too much of an herb, that can stop you from getting the effect as well. So when you're combining different herbs together, you know, they can just complicate things a little more. But I hope I gave some ideas here that would be helpful for you.
you in combining the different herbs and using them. Our next question is, I'm wondering if any of the herbs would be less beneficial when mixed into hot water. Uh, this is a very good question, uh, kind of similar to the questions about water before, so hot water. Uh, first, let's talk about the difference. You know, are we talking about like warm water, uh, hot water, but something you can still drink versus boiling water? I would say for most of our herbs, boiling water is fine. Even if you threw them in there, let's say you're cooking a stew or soup and it's simmering and whatnot, or even boiling, that would be fine. The reason for this is most of the herbs that we have at Superman Herbs are extracted. They've already gone through the process of making basically a strong tea, which has gone to the point where they evaporate off all the water. They have a uh, powder left over, and that's what you're actually getting in the extract. So they've already gone through this hot water process, and thus any additional boiling water, hot water, is not going to damage them at all. Not every herb is like this, though. So I'll give you the three herbs from Superman Herbs that we currently have that I would say you don't want to do this with. The first off is pine pollen. This pine pollen is raw, has all kinds of vitamins, minerals, enzymes, uh, all kinds of different things in there, some of which would likely be damaged by heat. That being said, you'll still get some benefit if you throw pine pollen in boiling water. I'm sure a lot of the things would survive that process, but not everything would. So generally, I wouldn't use boiling water with pine pollen. That means that if you, like, make a tea and then blend it together, if it's, you know, a little hotter in body temperature, that's probably not going to damage the components. And even if it is, you know, that's just some part of it. So the what raw food is used is the temperature 118 degrees, right? As long as it doesn't go higher than that, then enzymes don't get breaking down. So... Uh, that could be something you work with if you actually want to <laughs> use a thermometer for how hot things are. But uh, that would be one. Shizandra would be another. This is a concentrate of the Shizandra berries. Um, it, it's low heat dried. So uh, once again, some of the components could be damaged if you're going really hot with that. But once again, some of the components wouldn't be, so it would also be fine to do without that. Another one, which may be interesting, would be our new Shilajit powder. Uh, if you listen to the interview, the amazing interview with Dr. J, who's talking about the low heat processing method that they use in order to preserve the crystalline structure of the Shilajit. And this is not done with a lot of the other Shilajit uh, people out there, um, to the best of my knowledge. Uh, this is not done, and he was saying if the temperature goes much higher than even body temperature, uh, the human body's temperature, it can damage the structure. I'm saying there'd probably still be some benefit, but this would be another one that wouldn't necessarily work with boiling water. You know, hot water, probably fine, but not boiling. So, once again, pine pollen, shizandra, shilajit, that's what I would avoid. Uh, all the other herbs, pretty much good to go with. Uh, I guess I can also mention the medicinal mushrooms. Some of those are raw and mycelium uh, combined together. Uh, some of the mushrooms you can work with uh, raw, but some of them you can, it, it's better if they're not actually raw. So, for instance, reishi, really woody mushroom, what we sell on the site, is actually already hot water extracted version of the reishi. So that's not a problem if you throw it in boiling water. 
the lion's mane or the cultivated chaga that we have, or even once we have the raw wild chaga, which hopefully should be back pretty soon. Uh, these are raw. And with both of these mushrooms, you can seem to consume them raw and get some benefit. But even then, you may be getting a little bit more with that. That being said, the cultivated versions are also with the mycelium. Uh, so you're getting some sort of extract if you work with hot water or boiling water. That should be fine with both of those, I'd say. Next question. I'm trying pine pollen. Currently, I take a multivitamin, immune booster, and fish oil, doctor's best products. Should I take these at a different time to pine pollen, and will they interfere with each other? So this is very similar to our question above about combining the different herbs. So what if you combine the herbs with some other thing? Once again, this shouldn't be a problem. Uh, multivitamin, I mean, pine pollen, we call it nature's multivitamin. So uh, there's obviously it's not going to have every component uh, to the same degree or RDA as a well-structured multivitamin, but it has a whole lot in there. So on that note, I'd say find immune booster. I don't know what's in there. I imagine some medicinal mushrooms, different stuff like that. So definitely you can throw that together in there. And fish oil, uh, this one, here, here's what I'll say about fish oil. Because it's a fat, you know, you have the omega-3 fatty acids. These are best going to be absorbed by your body when you take it with other fats. So it depends on how this person is taking all these. Are they taking them with food? Are they taking them separate from food? But with fish oil, uh, the best way to do this for your body absorbs and uses the most of it would be to take it with some form of fat, especially saturated fat. Uh, this would be coconut oil. This would be butter. This would be, you know, a lot of the fat on most meats, um, especially like red meat, uh, where you actually have the fat hanging on there and it tastes so good. <laughs> the saturated fat, that's going to help to uh, basically help your body to absorb those omega-3 fatty acids found in the fish oil. So that would be a good thing. And, you know, next step from that would just be some good other quality source of fat, for instance, like olive oil with the uh, monounsaturated fat. So some different options there for sure. I'd say definitely take the fish oil with that. But other things, you know, whether you're taking them with food or without food, you can certainly do that. Oh, but let's talk about that subject. Should you be taking herbs with food? or should you be taking them on an empty stomach? Basically, there's benefits and drawbacks to each one of these. And of course, there are herbs that are special cases. In general, if you take herbs on an empty stomach, like let's say first thing in the morning, um, you're going to typically notice most of the effect of the herbs like that. You know, if you have nothing else in your system, right, and you take an herb, you can best notice that. Versus if you've just eaten a huge meal and you take an herb, you know, it's the subtle actions of herbs are going to be lost on the gross huge meal that you just ate, right? So uh, that would be one thing. You can tend to feel them. But that being said, you may not absorb the, uh, as much of the herb. So when you take things with food, you know, you've got all the digestive processes going and, you know, your body is ready to pull everything it can out of that food and use it to its best ability. So if you take herbs in this sense, you may, your body may be able to absorb more of the herb and it get more of an effect, but you might not feel it as much. If you contrasted this, like we said before, you know, drinking down some herbs with water, you know, it, it can pass through basically your digestive tract pretty quickly. So you may notice a bit more. It's like you get a little faster action, a little, uh, 
but you may get a little bit less of the herb overall in your body being able to absorb it. So that's just some ideas on that as well. So these are the questions we had on taking herbs. I will probably do a couple more of these where we group them into different things. There are some great questions. We're definitely going to uh, continue on with this. I mean, some of the questions I think deserve an entire show on their own. I uh, just want to say once again, head on over to our website, supermanherbs.com slash questions, and you can ask your questions as well for future episodes of the podcast. I believe next week we'll be having an interview lined up for you. Uh, hopefully some very cool and interesting stuff that we have to share. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, one other thing, if you could, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you want to help other people out uh, in sharing this sort of information, head on over to iTunes, give us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Um, so thanks for that. And, of course, you know, if you love our herbs, we love our reviews on the site. Just go over to any of the herb, and down near the bottom of the page, you can leave those reviews as well. So thank you very much, and we'll talk to you next week.